2: Welcome back, seven oh seven here at the iHeartMedia Empire. Let me just tell you, the talent behind the glass in this building is absolutely exemplary. It's just an unbelievable. You just, it's talent at a whole new level, Jim Fogle.
3: Yeah, I'm impressed. It's, it's ridiculous.
2: I, I mean, they just keep coming. Yeah, it's,
3: it's yeah. unbelievable.
2: Hillsboro 990, Pinellas is 461. They both end in 9352, celebrating National Safe Boating Week today. Again, my good friend, Captain Jim Fogle in studio with us. Want to go back to the phones. Had a really good conversation going. It is tarpon season on the west coast of Florida, and uh, want to – make sure we answer these questions right i know tarpon especially fishing the bridges can be a little tough a little difficult a little challenging so let's go back to tarpon john john you there yes i am Mike. You Thank you. buddy. all right what, what was your question there before we went to the break i um, wanted to get it in because it's perfect
4: yeah, yeah let Let me uh, go back to the original one if I, I could and that is how tight to set the drag i've got uh two um rigs that i have both with 65 pound braid yeah. one i've got 50 pound uh fluorocarbon with a six odd hook and the other one I've got eighty pound fluorocarbon with an eight odd hook. Okay. In setting the drag um in order to get the fish away from the, the bridge, I've seen people say, you know, use a fish scale. I was just wondering could I fill like a five gallon bucket with water, knowing that water weighs eight gallon eight pounds a gallon and use that to kind of figure out what the drag should be set at.
2: I just pull on my drag. I mean, I guess maybe that's because I've been doing it a long time. Right. Um, but still, I mean, you know, you can kind of tighten it as you go. I was thinking about it at the break, and to me, that's what I was going to say. I fish tarpon with 50-pound spider wire, Ultracast Invisibrate. I think it's a phenomenal line. But I do 95% of my tarpon fishing at Egmont, Bean Point, down in Boca Grande, or on the beach. Okay. So I don't have a structural issue at the bridge. I think you're best to use the 65. I think that's the right line test to use because you're going to need to put some heat on them if they decide to go to that bridge. And whether people know it or not, it's just like big snook, and I'm sure the mad snooker will tell us he's going to be our next caller. Those fish know where that structure is. Somehow, someway, mm-hmm. they know where it is. Yeah. You get a big snook on, you live on the on the water, Jim Fogle. I mean, I've hooked big snook at your dock before, and they know right where those pilings where are. Yeah, yeah. so, um, you know, 65 is the way to go. Again, I, I don't think, I don't know that it's necessarily, you know, a good idea to crank that drag down. I think you want it so you can get a hook set. I think that's one of the things, too, for tarpon fishing. A good tip for listeners is don't, you know, a fast tip rod isn't a bad thing, but too soft of a tip on your tarpon rod and you don't get a good hook set. And when they jump, a lot of times they'll throw that hook. You have to be able to get that hook in that bony mouth. I mean, they eat crabs like we eat M&M's. They've got a very bony, bony yap on them, and you know you got to get that hook in there. It's just you know if you want to land them, you got to get a good hook set. So and again, it's 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 a you're walking a fine line because you want to be able to throw thread fins and crabs that are you know two and a half three inches across that ain't very heavy. You want to be able to pitch those with those rods, so you need some kind of action on the tip. If it's just a broomstick. You know that you don't get enough whip to make a good long cast, but you have to have enough backbone in that. You know the guys from Bull Bay, some special rod specialists, they know more about getting that backbone aligned just right to get enough, you know, hook set on them. Um, but I don't think necessarily going to a lockdown drag is the best method. I think you okay. want you you know you want them to swim one way or another. So and I don't think you want it super loose, but I don't think lockdown is the way to go.
4: Okay, so what you're saying is it's not as important to drag them away from the bridge no i don't think so let them take drag and then just chase them through the bridge exactly and
2: he and here's here's what i'll tell you because i sense some frustration (laughs) okay but here's what i'll tell you do not get frustrated by not landing your tarpon oh sure if you're hooking tarpon the landings will come you will never ever Or not, I shouldn't say never, but you will not, it's not very often that you're ahead of the count. Does that make sense? Sure. If you hook six and you land two, eh, you do pretty good. That's not bad. I've had days where I went six for six. I've had days where I went five for six and four for six. And I've had days where I was 0 for six and 0 for seven, 0 for 11. Where any, I tell people all the time, there's a million and one ways to lose a tarpon. Write it down. There's a million and one ways to lose a tarpon, and it will happen. You, the mastery's losing. You so, bet. You, you listen to those guys. The best, you know the best in the business. Yeah. Larry Larry Mastery is as good a tarpon fisherman as there is on the west coast of Florida, and it you'll it happens. <laughs> it just they are may they ask are. You, may I ask you
4: a question on on blue crabs? Yep. Um, I put a crab trap down a couple weeks ago, and I'm now getting maybe one blue crab about every two days. And I've got a good problem. Um, the crabs that I have been getting are about five inches um, wide, wing to wing. I know when you fish for tarpon with blue crabs, you hook them in the in the wing from underside. Are these crabs too big, and should, and should I cut them in half? And if I do cut them in half, is there a different way of hooking them?
2: I would hook them the same. Um, I don't know that I'd cut them in half. But I'd get some smaller crabs. Okay. And here's well, the other thing. Here's <laughs> and here's the other thing. Well, here's the other thing. Some of your local tackle stores will have some crabs. You just have to get dialed in. I would check at Gandy Bait and Tackle. Listen, there's there's very few tackle stores in the Bay Area that do the bait thing any better than the great people at Gandy Bait and Tackle. So you yeah. can go in there, stop in there as much as possible. There's always captains in there. There's so much local knowledge in there. It's a great little tackle store. Um and they'll know exactly what you need to catch them at the Gandhi Bridge. But here's something to remember. Don't fish. It's not always a crab bite. If, if, you're, if, you're, if you're not on the hilltides where the crabs are flushing, it's not that they won't eat a crab because I've caught them on the beach, off the, off the moons, on crabs, no doubt. But the reality is if there's a lot of thread fins hanging around that Gandy Bridge, I guarantee you, they're on a thread fin bite. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, okay. So, right, sabiki, sure. up, sabiki up some live thread fins and pitch live thread fins back there. That's what they're feeding on. You always want to match the hatch.
4: Okay. All right. So, if you do have a hill tide, and they happen to have crabs.
2: Then you want, if you the, the crabs are flushing, if you're seeing crabs right. flush at the gandy, first of all, make sure you have a crab net and dip what's flushing because <laughs> that saves save you some money. But then, then they're, on the, on the moons, they're on a crab bite. They're going to eat crabs. If they're flushing, they're going to eat them for sure. doesn't mean they won't eat a thread fin. Just like if they're on a thread fin bite doesn't mean they won't eat a crab, but sure. you'll have more luck with the thread fins. Terrific. Does that make okay. sense?
4: That, that makes perfect sense. And, again, thank you very much for the advice on the uh, anchor function of the trolling motor. That worked great last
2: week. You the man. Keep me posted, Tarpon John. Great calls, my man. Great calls. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you, Thanks, buddy. Good stuff, boy. Fantastic absolutely love it. Why am I not able to drop people? Can you drop him so I can go to Dave? I I can't drop him. I don't know. There, maybe better. Now maybe I can go to Dave. Yes, I can go to Dave now. The Mad Snooker, Dave Palmerloo, joining us. David, how are you? Hello, Dave. Now I have no Dave. <laughs> I'm a mess here this morning. I don't know why I'm so messy, but I'm messy. Captain messy, they call me. It looks like Dave is still there. I see his name. I don't have his voice in my head, Phones. Are you there? Yeah, there he is. Hey. Hey. Hi, buddy. What's going on, pal? I don't know what happened. Uh, I don't know either. I don't know either. But thanks for hanging on. It's always good to uh, have you, and I'm glad you could hang on. Tarpon John had me fired up with it being tarpon season. And then I look at my phone, and there's uh, some crazy guy, Dave Pomerlew, sending me tarpon pictures from last night, I assume.
5: Yeah, well, we were catching, uh, we, we got hooked up to a bunch of tarpon, nice. uh, little guys, you know, those 15, 25-pounders, yeah. yeah. which are a uh, best. pounds braid with 40-pound leader.
2: The best, absolutely the best, yeah. This week's episode, Jumped this week's episode of uh, Real Animals, which was actually the first episode of the year, the first new episode with the new production team, was all just that, 20-pounders, 20, 20 25-pounders with Rhett Morris down there in uh, Charlotte Harbor. Absolute blast. And, Incredible. Uh,
5: and the big snook have absolutely shown up we got broke off four times last night on 65 pound braid with 80 and yeah. now if you look at those pictures i sent they didn't manage to land one of them
2: i <laughs> see it yeah that one's a toad but how big is that fish
5: 46 inches oh wow we didn't we didn't weigh it but you can show it to captain jim and oh yeah uh, i figured that fish was over 30 pounds
2: it's a pig bro wow there's three guys in that picture and it spans (laughs) all three guys
5: yeah well the thing of it is is all three the the other two guys had to hold the other guy's wrist because he couldn't hold it up (laughs) funny he was like he's like i can't hold this thing up and i'm like we got to take a fast picture. I took like two fast pictures. Got it back in the, the water. Down, revived it, and off it swam. And as it swam away, I swear it gave us the middle thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll bet that's beautiful. Right. Great fish, but buddy. It,
5: it was a big fish, but the big fish are showing up. But you know, I see so much goofiness in the in, in regards to boater safety out there at night. It's unbelievable.
0: Mm. Scary.
5: People. Flying, I can't even imagine no wake zones running around on kayaks with no lights. <sighs> Uh, flying around with no lights on, um, just blasting through the no-wake zones, cranking their radios, drinking, hooting. I mean, drink, I tell people: look, boating and drinking, especially at night, have nothing to do with each other.
2: No. No. They, they don't go together. Absolutely exactly. Not. No, you don't. No. You
5: know, and I see <clears throat> crazy people going 50 miles an hour through the no-wake zone, almost running over people in kayaks who don't have any lights on. Right. And I'm like, that's a nut show
2: out here. Yeah. Well, and you know, that's what's amazing to me is I don't I don't think people, it's not you always. No. It's not always you that makes the mistake, but because somebody else is doing something yeah. stupid and you had a couple of beers, you're going to kill somebody and it's going to be on you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's going to be on you, dude. Even whether he <laughs> had lights on or not, if you hit them and kill them in their kayak and you were drunk, you're going to prison.
1: You're done.
5: It's so the way it
2: works. Oh, yeah. I mean- you know, right, wrong, indifferent, call whatever you want. It is what it is. Yep. yep. And, and somebody lost their life, which is the bigger picture for no reason. Horrible. Yeah.
5: But I see so many kayakers out there at night with no lights. Yeah. No headlights, no hat lights, nothing. I'm like, what is he thinking?
2: Yeah, right. And they
3: have a fairly high fatality rate on, on oh, their yeah. accidents yeah, and drownings. It's pretty pretty significant. Yeah. Well, yeah. What,
5: what are you, Jim, what is your your recommendation for the best-made self-inflating life vest?
3: You know there are there are several out there. Mustang makes Mustang, one. Yeah, I was thinking Mustang. I would, would say Mustang's one. one of the best. But there, you know, there are several out there, and I I I, I hasten to give out any other names. But that's a that's Mustang, a pretty
5: a really good. Uh, it's a great brand. You know a really good thing that's on, and once you hit the water, it'll activate itself?
3: There are three, basically three types of inflatables. One is the manual, which is fine unless you're knocked out, of course. The second one is uh, inflates automatically as soon as it gets wet. It has like a little alkyl seltzer type thing in there, and as soon as that thing hits the water and dissolves, it sets itself off. And the third is a hydrostatic which goes down probably three feet or so before it sets itself off. So, And those are the most expensive, but any one of those felt
5: It would be bad in the rain, wouldn't it? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I set mine off just accidentally washing it, you know, one day.
2: David, great great call. Tell, call everybody, buddy. tell everybody how they can get a hold of you. And uh, you want to go fishing with this guy because the pictures are absolutely ridiculous. Oh, the Mad Snooker, yeah. the best in the business. Tell everybody how they can get a hold of you, Dave.
5: Just madsnooker.com or 727-570-9711. I'm really enjoying the show. Jim, wonderful. That the report, All the knowledge you share with us on safe boating is incredible. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, sir. Appreciate the Great call, David. Thanks, pal. Thank you. Bye. One of the absolute best guys in the business there. We've got Raul on the line. Hopefully we'll hear from you as well. Hillsboro 990. Pinellas is 461. They both end in 9352. We'll be back. 970 WFLA. Welcome back, 726 here, the I Media Empire. Captain Jim Fogle, my guest this morning with a reminder, over there at the Gandhi Boat Ramp, we've got wear it day. That's today, right? Check, right, yeah. 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., mm-hmm. life jacket giveaway, National Safe Boat, this is part of the National Safe Boating Campaign, 9 a.m. to noon, you show off your life jackets, you could win stuff. Yeah. yeah. Nice.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be... I good. like
2: to win stuff. Winning is cool. Winning is good. Winning S- is cool. Stuff is good. <laughs> Let's go to the phones, check in with Raul. Raul, how are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Very good, sir. What you got for me?
3: Um, Planning on going fishing this weekend and possible, possibly next weekend. Uh, two areas I'm interested in. One is uh, north of the... Uh, Boat ramp on, on the causeway,
2: On um,
0: the other one is on the
3: intercostal uh, of uh, Ana Maria.
2: Okay. I like both those areas a lot. Um, you talking about the causeway, Highway 60, headed over yes. to Clearwater? Yes. So you're talking about fishing the north end of the bay there, upper right. Tampa Bay? Yeah. Um, well, it should be very good, especially, I would think especially next weekend, As we get closer, as next weekend's tides are closer to that new moon, your highs are going to be a little higher and your lows will be a little lower. Mm -hmm. Um, And both of those low water, pushing a lot of those fish into those canals and troughs and holes will be good, plus the big water where you can get up and kind of work all the edges of the mangroves up in the upper Tampa Bay area. That's all good stuff. Um, The same goes for the intercoastal, you know, on on those big – big tides those fish will be all over those docks and stuff on the intercoastal Uh, there's been some great dock fishing this week on the intercoastal over by pinellas county over there south you know saint pete beach that whole area has been pretty productive Mm -hmm. so you know you should have you know really good fishing on either spot that you go Uh, especially next weekend and uh, probably tomorrow too
3: You'll be hearing a, a lot of reds
2: or anything. At, there ain't a lot of reds anywhere right now. And talking with the guys that were fishing the Florida Pro, which is going on today out of uh, Ruskin there at uh, the Resort and Club at Little Harbor, yeah. um, there just isn't a ton of redfish around. It's that time of year when they, for some reason, they just kind of thin out a little bit. I mean, you can catch some. You know, we caught a couple this week, a couple of oversized fish, but, you know, it's hard to get on a big school but you may catch some. There's a lot of snook around, though. The trout bite's still really good. Your deeper docks could be holding snapper. We've seen a lot of flounder this week. So, you know, the cobia are showing up. So there's a lot of good things that can happen on the intercoastal over there, you know. Uh, and the upper and upper Tampa Bay. Yeah. You know, it's a great place to fish, so.
1: Okay. All right. Well, thanks a lot.
2: I need a report, Raul. You got to let me know how you do, all right? I will. Call me up and you can tell me, hey, you're a liar. I did terrible. <laughs> or you right. I caught them all.
3: And hey, listen, uh, we're in a streak that we don't
0: catch anything
2: lately. Oh, you got to break that, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, you just got to break that. Stay focused. And uh, the more you go, the better you get. That's just right. the way it works. Yeah. All right? Okie All right, luck. my friend. Good luck. Thanks for listening, pal. Good stuff right there. We've got yeah. Captain Rick on the line. We'll talk to him on the other side. Hopefully, we'll hear from you As well, Hillsboro 990, Pinellas 461. They both end in 9352. We'll be back, 970 WFLA. (coughs) National Safe Boating Week. My good friend Jim Fogle in studio. I want to remind everybody that uh, it is that, National Safe Boating Week, as we head towards Memorial Day weekend in the summer. Uh, Make sure that you're thinking boater safety. I know there's probably some boater safety courses that uh, people can take.
5: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
3: What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. There are various uh, Coast Guard Auxiliary Flotillas that give uh, either a cyclic type class that runs anywhere from 9 to 12 weeks, uh, one day a week. Uh, one evening a week, and there are several flotillas that offer Saturday all-day Saturday classes. Nice, which are you know you can't cover as much material and get as in-depth, but it's certainly good for the novice. Every little get bit started boater. Yeah, yes, every, every little, little bit, bit helps. helps. And
2: then go to the website to get that information. The Coast Guard Yeah, they Oak can Shilling? go
3: on your website. Yeah to sponsors and look on there and click on Coast Guard, Coast Guard Auxiliary, and then they'll put in their zip code, and that'll lead them right to the classes that are closest within 25 or 50 miles
2: away. I like it. I like it. I think it's a good idea. Like I said, we're headed towards summer, and uh, it's a great time to think safety for sure. Let's check in with Captain Rick. Rick, how are you this morning?
1: I'm doing great. Good morning, guys. Hey, all buddy. All right, What's
2: all right, up, uh What's up way? It just said Captain Rick and I've had a couple of Captain Ricks here lately. I didn't know it was you. This is Captain Rick Rick Gross from Sarasota. I don't know if that's
1: good or not.
2: No, it is good. It's absolutely good. I always love to hear your voice, man. I don't get down your way very often, so it's good to uh to get a fishing report from down by Sarasota. How are things down there by you? Uh
1: they're good. They've been they've been really good. I consistent. It's funny. The most consistent thing has been the snook bite, and it's been that way almost all year.
2: Sure has, yeah.
1: Um, the wind has been killing me.
2: Killing um, me too, mm-hmm. bro. I want to snapper fish so bad I can't <laughs> see straight, and I can't get out there because it's blowing.
1: You, you and me both. Jesus. I want to do something different. Yeah,
2: me too. Sure. Every day it's like, oh, I just want, dude. You know, I didn't, I didn't kingfish once. I, I never I to go, kingfished once. I, wow.
1: I got to go one time and I was set up to, to fish a bass fishing tournament and uh, it got canceled because of all the low water we had, we couldn't even get, uh, we couldn't launch the boats, go through the canal that had the uh, the system set up there and so we weren't able to do that and I, I had that day off so um, I took my son, I said well let's go fishing and then talk my wife into going so my son and I went out and we went out to the to the ditch and went way out towards uh the whistler at the end of the yeah. end of the ditch and uh they were having the big tournament that was the first of april i think right and uh, that's the only
2: kingfishing i got to do uh, it's absolutely just breaks my heart i had tied up all my rigs and i was ready to rock i'm like whoo uh, been snook fishing for a couple months i'm ready to go do some kingfishing and then the wind blew and yeah, it's still blowing yeah. it hasn't stopped blowing yet
1: well, I uh, I heard you talking about tarpon, and uh, I'm getting ready to really – I usually don't do the tarpon thing until June. Right. And um, uh, anyhow, um, I'm getting ready to do that. But as far as the drag thing, I have messed around and messed around with drag settings, trying to get it just right and all that kind of stuff. And I know that if you go by a, a, a quarter of whatever the line strength deal is, I heard that at one time. So, you know, a quarter of 50 pound braid is like at 12 pounds, Right. (laughs) 12 pounds of drag is a lot. Yeah. And, and on a spinning rod, how do you keep the line from digging into the reel? Yeah. I mean, that ends up being, well, what I ended up doing was for me, I lost a lot of fish. It seems like you lose a lot of fish at the very beginning of the fight. Um, When you first hook up to that fish and he goes crazy, that's when you lose them all and I started setting the drag to begin with at like what you would set it for maybe like on your snook rod and let that fish do his thing on that first big run when he first goes crazy. Yeah. And then as soon as he settles down, I'll turn that knob a full revolution around and, you know, tighten it down a full revolution once the fish settles down. Sure. And then I don't tighten it down much after that. But what we will do is that all the reels I have have skirted spools. And I tell the guys this is as soon as that fish settles you, you grab a hold of that spool mm-hmm. and just bend that rod over and if he surges, just let go. Let right. go of that spool. Sure. That becomes a problem if you're if somebody is just totally fascinated by the fact they've got that huge fish on there and they hang on to the spool too Ooh, long. Right <laughs> and then and then it's just zip pow done but Um, that had worked really well for me as far as the hook sets right um was just let you know don't set the drag really hard to begin with now the guy that's fishing up at the bridge well that's a different story
2: that's a whole different animal that's why i said i mean you know from for most of us at least for me where i fish you know again i don't have to have it cranked down there isn't you know, anything usually around us that we have to worry about. If it wants to run left, it goes left. If it wants to run right, it goes right. If it wants to go deep, whatever, it doesn't matter, you know. So as long as you can get that hook in there. I like your philosophy of kind of letting that first run happen and letting that hook kind of get into a pocket in there and, and get in a good spot. I think that's yeah. a very good idea. Um, and, again, you just – at the bridge, if they go to the pilings, it just it's a lose-lose. You just <laughs> – I mean – yeah. It's a tough, well, tough place up, to catch them.
1: Some, yeah, they get set up. Sometimes they get set up right there at the fishing pier, and you can hook up a ton of fish, but you're not going to land a right, ton of fish. Right. And I can't follow them with the fixed tower I got. If right. that tide's more than halfway up, I can't go underneath that bridge to follow them through the bridge anyhow. Right. They're, you know, at the fishing pier. Sure. Um, I know the other thing was, what is your dad's uh, saying when it comes to luck? When luck means opportunity I used to tell that. yeah
2: I used to tell my dad I I had said to him one time when I'd, I got the radio show and then we had you know gotten a chance to do the TV and we landed the TV deal and I was driving with my dad and I said well you know we just got lucky and my dad said son all that luck is is where preparation and opportunity meet that's all it is you got to yeah. be because when the opportunity comes if you're not prepared it doesn't matter what the opportunity is mhm well, if you haven't set going yourself up, this, go ahead.
1: Is, is this time of year, mm-hmm. my rod looks like a porcupine. My <laughs> my boat looks like <laughs> right. a Oh, yeah. I've got tarpon rods on there. I've got rods rigged for permit. I've got rods rigged for cobia. i got my normal. Normally, I have like eight rods set up. You know, I've got 10-pound outfits, 15-pound outfits, and, you know, My normal, my normal deal, and it's been almost all year, has been my stuff for inshore with the 10 and 15. Well, I got caught with my pants down last week. We're sitting up in Sarasota Bay, and we're fishing the edge of a flat. And I got the power pole down, and we're catching a couple trout. I go to release the trout, and I'm not kidding about a 50 pound cobia comes out from (laughs) underneath the boat and gobbles the trout down. I got my power pole down i'm like where did this fish come from i couldn't have been in three feet of water and another guy is bringing a trout in well two of them shoot out from underneath my boat and run over and grab his trout well we're on 10 pound test line and a 20 pound leader (laughs) and sucks the trout down i said just let him eat it just just let him eat it and he takes and the fish comes right back to the boat and oh. goes underneath the boat again. I'm in three feet of water.
2: <laughs> Shady. Shady <laughs> over takes
1: there. And, he <laughs> takes and brings in the line, and I said, don't yank or nothing. Hopefully, you know, maybe he'll suck it down, and the hook will be on the outside of the trout, and it'll get stuck in his gut or something, and then we'll just chase this cobia around for the next hour. <laughs> right. And And uh, it uh, took off, made about a 40-yard run, and spit the trout back out. But <laughs> if I had had a cobia rod rigged and ready. Yep. It might have been a different
2: story. Well, and, and that's really and that's really a great point, uh, Rick. Is you know you you just don't know. I, I talk about it on the television show all the time. You know, you you have to be. You know, I used to run one, and actually, I've gotten a little lazy. I used to carry a cobia rod with me, and all it had on it was a, a marshmallow paddle tail, yeah. on, a, on a quarter ounce jig head, and I carried it in my upper up above, on my tower all the time, because you never know. Even sometimes when you're having a slow day, you got some customers from out of town, from out of state maybe, and you run across a school of jacks. Oh yeah. You don't have you know, you don't have to jump in the live well or anything. All you gotta do is put that marshmallow or that paddle tail out there near those jacks. They're gonna eat it. Now you got a fish on. They're the rods bent. Somebody's having fun. I do it for my daughter all the time. That's I mean, exactly right. Yeah, you That's should, exactly. you know, always have something. You know, you see a cobia, instead of having to run back to the live well, maybe it swims down, maybe you get another look at it, maybe you don't, you got a rod right there, you unhook it, boom, you're in the water in front of that fish. You know, and if they're going to eat a greenback you put in front of them, they'll eat that paddle tail. Yeah, so. well,
1: I, did the, I did the same thing. I always had a rod rigged for cobia where I'd have like 30-pound braid, and then uh, right there at the hook I'd have like a 50-pound, and then I got a spro jig with a and I would take a rubber worm mm-hmm. and put it on the and that was my Cobia outfit. And I was sometimes that would that outfit would get mothballs on.
2: It. Right, yeah. Sure. It's,
1: you know, it's like one of those things, you know, where you if you have it on the boat then you never see one. Right. If you don't have it on the <laughs> boat, then the
2: Exactly, exactly. Rick, i gotta, I got to try and get another call in here. Tell everybody how they can get a hold of you. Captain Rick Gross, one of my favorite people here on the west coast of the Florida, great friend of the real animals. Tell everybody how they can get a hold of one of the best in the business.
1: Well, the, the phone number is 941-730-5148, and then I'm all over Facebook, so they can do that on Facebook too. So.
2: You are the man, my friend. I appreciate you, my friend. Good fishing down there, and stay in touch with us, will you? Hey, thank you, Mike. All right, Take care. Good stuff right there. Great, great call. Let's try to get Terry in before we got to go to the break. Terry, you're on Real Animal Saturday. How are you?
0: I'm great, guys. How are you? We're good, Good, man. We're good. Talk to me. What you got? Yeah, listen, I got a – it's not really a safety tip, but a boating tip, especially for the freshwater guys. Just this past week, I've seen it happen twice at one of our local lakes here in Safety Harbor. The lake is really down. I'm talking three – maybe even more than three foot. Right. And when you go to back that trailer down in, oh, yeah. and you have to back in way further than you normally would, you have to know where the end of that boat ramp is yes, because you do. of the people that are always powering on.
2: Yes. The Big end of hole. that boat
0: ramp is washed out, and there's yep. a two-and-a-half to three-foot drop at the end of that thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, sir.
0: And I watched one guy listen to me when I told him I get in the water and lift up the back of his trailer to get it back up on the ramp. The other guy just said, oh, I got four wheel drive Well yeah, right. yeah you do and now you don't have an axle. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and I I actually had a bad experience myself because I was night fishing for catfish in there and when I went to put the boat on the trailer I Figured I'd been idling all night, so I'd blow it out a little bit. Hit the throttle and the skeg the end of the ramp, but the prop didn't. Ooh, Absolutely ouch. destroyed my prop. Ouch. Thank ouch. God it was aluminum and not stainless, or who knows what I'd have destroyed. But. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah, you'd have bent that prop shaft probably for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep, but, uh, like I say, thank goodness it was aluminum. I listened to my boat guru that i take to the shop all the time and i was gonna buy a stainless prop and he talked me out of it so oh, that there was you good go. but there you go. yeah when you back that boat down in you have to know where the end of that absolutely yeah
2: fantastic fantastic tip terry great job thank bro. you yeah, yeah that's I a great tip good yeah. job buddy stay in touch with us terry good job <laughs> all right tight lines guys. hey tight lines to you thanks for listening yeah. pal we do appreciate it that's good stuff i had a uh a text from a good friend of mine uh Stuart Davis, uh, wanting me to discuss, which is, you know, part of boat safety too, you know, slipping on the boat and things like that. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. Stuart wanted a recommendation on a good boat shoe. You know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of shoes on the market, uh, a lot of different sandal companies. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Olakai sandals company out of California, um, that, uh, I got hooked up with. They sent me several different pairs of their sandals, super comfortable, um, I have an issue with plantar fasciitis uh, in my right foot from playing basketball for years and years, and uh, I've got to wear tennis shoes on my boat. If I spend a bunch of time in flip-flops or Crocs or anything like that, um, my plantar fasciitis kicks up pretty bad. So, um, But I recommend you check out the Olokais, uh Just for me a super comfortable uh shoe you know the sperry now makes some real good shoes i know columbia makes a boat shoe that captain captain jamie goodwin wears um breathable uh shoe but you know make sure you check the bottoms of those shoes you know yeah, you get and they do not last
3: forever just no. because they've still got treads that rubber gets hard i've got several pair that i don't of boat shoes that aren't Horribly beat up, right? But I don't wear them anymore because they're like glass. Because yeah. that rubber's gotten hard.
2: And you get fish slime or bait slime or you know anything else on that boat deck. And the next the thing you know, clean. Yeah, next thing you know, you're down on your butt. So yeah, you got
3: to keep that deck
2: clean. Turn that little. Uh, we turned that little shoe plug into a uh, safe boating yeah. tip. You like yeah, that? we did. I'm learning, good, dude. Yeah, I'm man. learning, man. I'm you tired. Are. Stuart Davis mm, helping job. us out there. Good stuff. We're going to wrap things up on the other side, unfortunately, but we are going to wrap things up either way with our good friend, Captain Jim Fogle from the Coast Guard Auxiliary. We'll be back, 970 WFLA. Gator Ford Fishing Conversation again, always the second Tuesday of the month for June here coming up. Going to be Tuesday, June 13th, 7 to 9 p.m., Captain Glenn Taylor is going to be my guest. He always does a great job. It's hard not to get him in there as many times a year as we can get him because he's so talented, such a great fisherman, such a good speaker, uh, just loves the water and does a great job for us. Hungry Harry's, West Shore Pizza, Square One Burgers and Bar, all serving up some really, really killer food for us. At the Rod and Reel Combos courtesy of T.A. Mahoney Company, NutriShop gift cards courtesy NutriShop Tampa, NutriShop brandon and you can register to win the action water sports kayak courtesy of action water sports in auburndale national safe boating week my good friend uh again you know i don't know how many of these we've done i know you know but uh it's really impressive that uh we were able to get this thing rolling and, and have you as a part of the show. It's a big week, a lot of cool things going on. Yeah. I highly recommend that people, you know, take it serious, think about it, <clears throat> especially uh, this weekend as we head into Memorial Day and
3: A lot of people the on the water, you really gotta pay attention out there. Really gotta pay attention.
2: Yeah. A lot of classes out there, things that people can do, you know, yep. boat checks, these safety checks. I know they slow you down a little bit when you're in a hurry to get out there to uh, your favorite fishing hole or just maybe you're headed for the Redneck Riviera and you just want to anchor up and throw the kids on the beach and and have a day uh, on the beautiful waters of Tampa Bay, but you know, take a couple minutes and take advantage of what the Coast Guard Auxiliary does out there and let them yep. go through your stuff and make There's sure you're safe.
3: No tickets, doesn't cost you a thing, nobody writes you up, nobody reports you. If you don't have all all the equipment and gear you're supposed to have, we just want you to get it. We sure. just want you to know what's there. Right. Um, in fact, later on today, several of us will be over at West Marine in Pinellas County there at the at the one at the Tyrone Mall, and uh-huh. we'll be set up over there and answering questions and talking to people and, and uh, helping people pick
2: out gear if they need any help. All volunteers, too, right? The Coast all, volunteers. Jesus, all volunteers. All volunteers, right. man. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I still think that's amazing. That, yeah, uh, we, so many of you uh, do we have it. some really good folks that, yeah. that give a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's, It's like all the good people that work with CCA. Again, a reminder, CCA Star Tournament Uh kicks off next weekend. If you haven't signed up yet, if you've been putting that off, uh, get involved. CCAstarFL.com is the website there for CCA Florida. Going to be a great week. We're headed up to the new moon. Look for a big push of tarpon to come. Jim Fogle, the Coast Guard Auxiliary. For more information on your your safe boating classes, go to the website, Real Team.com dot com right there on the sponsor page you can click on the auxiliary logo and be good to go big shout out to uh ruthie jim's wife for uh sending a big box of pastries. Even the board out, Brian and and, and John Milo got a big smile on their face. Everybody's happy. Uh, Everybody's happy. Ruthie doing it up. So uh, tight lines, everybody. Be safe out there. Fishing's pretty good, but, uh, you know, be safe. We're hoping to get your calls here next week. Check us out tomorrow, 7 to 9 a.m. on 620 WDAE for the T.A. Mahoney Company Real Animals Radio Show. Again, tight lines, everybody. We're out. Be out